Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to this podcast, Yovana the Ageless, where our mission is to unleash everything about living ageless in collaboration with the experts in ancient healing practices from all across the world. Yovana the Ageless is an experiential ancient lifestyle online platform with focus on ageless living. This space has emerged from our innate desire to impart knowledge and experience on living ageless at body, mind, and consciousness level. Yovna ecosystem is all about knowledge sharing and living a traditional lifestyle driven from a medley of worldly timeless wisdom of yoga, Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, microbiotics, qigong, and raw alkaline and living food philosophy. At Yovna, we share this timeless wisdom in collaboration with experts through this podcast and courses on our Yovna platform conducted by global experts in ancient modalities. On this platform, we discuss everything from foods to rituals, to lifestyle, to yogic and ancient movement practices like Qigong, Ayurveda, and much more. Here you learn to live a way of life to regain Yavna, the youth, living by the wreath, the universal order of healing and agelessness. We invite you to realize the divinity of your innate potential to remain ageless with us on this platform, Yavna. Hello everyone, thank you for joining me today for yet another interesting session. Uh, the topic today is very interesting. It's about, you know, how can we learn to live in an anti-aging way, um, you know, according to Ayurveda principles. So we have our guest today. I'll just let her in. Just give me a moment. Hi, Justine. I can see you there. I will. Hi, Justine. Hi. Good morning, good evening, good, morning. good afternoon. Good morning, good evening, yeah. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? Good, good, great. Thank you so much for, you know, being here for this session today and enlightening us on anti-aging, you know, ways of life. Uh, how can we learn to live it with Ayurveda? Um, I'll start the session just in a moment. I'll just first introduce you and then we'll start the session, yeah? Okay, so Justine Limos is an Ayurveda practitioner. She's a Vedic astrologer, author, yoga teacher, dancer, and a speaker. She also holds a PhD in cultural anthropology. Justine also runs a yoga studio by the name One Yoga in Fort Bragg, California. She has been featured on Gaia TV in a series called Thrive, Self-Healing with Ayurveda. Dr. Limos has been studying Ayurveda, Ayurvedic spiritual counseling, and Vedic astrology for many years. She has also completed extensive study on the relationship between Ayurveda and yoga and is a trained teacher of Hatha Yoga. Justine specializes in boosting radiance and finding balance through the female life cycle, transforming PMS, hot flashes, infertility, skin issues, and depletion, converting it into blissful, radiant energy and delightful health. Great, uh, Justine, amazing profile. And since our topic is about anti-aging today, so I'll straight over, you know, get into our topic. Uh, since we're talking anti-aging and for a lot of women, anti-aging also means, you know, it's, 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 it's a concept. We can also relate it to beauty inside out. So let's first try to understand as per Ayurveda, what is beauty? I mean, there are three different definitions of beauty as per Ayurveda. <laughs> so from a daily life perspective, how can we understand these three definitions? Mm, you know, there's that 
outer beauty and there's inner beauty and there's timeless beauty as per mm -hmm. Ayurveda. And Ayurveda really teaches about the beauty of the whole self, the beauty of the soul, the beauty of the inner light really that shines out. We know this, like somebody can like look so cute and have no, no real deep shining light and energy coming through them. It's like the light in the eyes and the glow on the skin and the vibrance really that someone can have. Um, and so Ayurveda really teaches us about beauty in a, in a very deep way, I think. Um, more deep and, than just like the latest makeup trend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really, it has to do with longevity. It has to do with our rasa. It has to do with our, our juiciness and mm -hmm. our ability to both enjoy life and to enjoy like what we are expanding out into the world yeah yeah great i mean uh, amazing uh, understanding and uh, you've explained it even more amazingly i would say because uh, you know in today's times uh, we just try to relate it to maybe outside uh, options that we have you know it, it could be a salon treatment or a botox treatment or, or right. you know, <laughs> yeah so it, it, it's much deep rooted is what we understand uh, mm -hmm. Coming to my next question, I think I would just want to go a little deeper into understanding when we say inner beauty. I mean, mm. from the physical perspective or the physiology perspective, the way our body functions, mm -hmm. how does Ayurveda look at it? Like digestion is one area that I understand Ayurveda mm -hmm. looks at from when it, when it is about, you know, beauty inside out. But uh, sorry, um, gut health is, is one of the areas. But what are the other areas that come together when it comes to being ageless for a very long time? Mm. It's just such a beautiful question. So we talk about rupam, outer beauty. That's like our skin, our hair, our nails. And that's a direct reflection of our overall health. Mm -hmm. The physiological functions that are responsible for health um, really boost the outer appearance. And certainly somebody can be like healthy and they mm -hmm. might be over exercising and they don't have that inner they don't have that outer they don't have that glow right so keeping the tissues free of ama free to, free of metabolic waste I and mean, there isn't exactly a western equivalent of ama it's like the gunk factor it's emotional it is a mental it is physical mm -hmm. and then supporting the 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 digestion really uh, makes a difference and then you know there's specific recommendations for cleansing and clearing all of the tissues. Like if we don't have um, good rasa, if we don't have good blood plasma, we'll get wrinkles and we'll have a lack of luster to the skin. And then rakta will cause inflammation and so on and so on, right? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, you know, like the, the collagen layer begins to thin because mm -hmm. there isn't enough nourishment going to the skin. Like if the digestion is really weak, the layers of tissues will be depleted. And so it's like not due to a lack of estrogen, but it's like a plant shriveling up without water. Yeah. And these are all correctable imbalances. Then mm -hmm. ganam, inner beauty, is like this authentic beauty that shows through, not in terms of the made up face it's this light that shines through from the connection to com consciousness yeah mm -hmm. it's the ability to 
access the reservoir of pure consciousness that so is available in, uh, to us sorry i'm just cutting you there uh, yeah. so in uh, in the yogic understanding uh, does this also mean the prana factor we are talking about here when it comes to inner beauty absolutely absolutely yeah and at that and you know inner beauty also like is about our self confidence and about our warm and loving personality that shines through when we're maintaining a good daily routine and managing mm -hmm. stress and meditating and eating right yeah mm -hmm. we then the inner beauty shines through not about the shape mm -hmm. of the face or the shape of the eyes it's like mm -hmm. you know these this and we we know that like we see people who are just beautiful and mm -hmm. maybe they don't have traditionally beautiful features or what have you and then the last category is of course lasting beauty and this means beauty that is ageless yeah mm -hmm. and really this relates to um how aging is part of the oxidization of the cells and tissues and the free radicals that are created when we are exposed to pollution and stress and chemicals and um bad nutrition poor nutrition so if we um if we eat well if we reduce those free radicals and we maintain a low stress lifestyle including spiritual practices including meditation mm -hmm. then that lasting beauty is what comes through yeah yeah and i just love that that you're you know uh, focusing a lot on meditation because i guess this is one aspect that a lot of women do not actually relate to directly or understand uh, this concept how how meditation can make you beautiful so um, yeah. if you can just speak a little <laughs> bit more about it because you know foods we understand exercise we understand yoga we understand but how does meditation relate to beauty i mean of course there's a uh, there's a whole science going on behind that and it's it's it's, it's a, uh, i as i understand it's a step by step approach it's not going to happen in a day but it works so if you could just mm -hmm. scientifically help us understand how how does that happen well i'm not sure that science has really understood yet how meditation we know how meditation reduces stress we know what happens with the brain waves mm -hmm. i'm not sure that science yet has determined how meditation creates beauty however from the yogic from the ayurvedic perspective pure mm -hmm. consciousness is this reservoir of light and love and bliss and so when we access that deep reservoir of consciousness even in the smallest way we naturally become like that and so we're bringing in more consciousness factor like a light shining through all the layers of the self and then quite naturally the beauty arises from there yeah right so that that's more of a radiance that we're talking about which is that that shiny factor or that glow factor that mm -hmm. that you may radiate yeah? Mm -hmm. yeah great and of so, course uh, we do know from scientific studies that meditation will lengthen the life yeah yeah great so uh now this is the uh, from the perspective of three definitions that we we just understood beauty uh how does beauty relate to the doshic imbalances like typically the ayurveda language of uh, energetic imbalances in the body and what kind of conditions one may experience with specific kinds of uh, 
doshic imbalances. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about specifically, let's talk about skin, I think is a mm-hmm. good thing yeah. to just kind of focus on because we can see so much coming out and through the skin. Mm-hmm. Hi, friends. Welcome. I see some friends that I know there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Go ahead and nice. say hello. Um, so, of course, we have the three doshas in Ayurveda, Vata, Pitta, Kapha that you'll likely mm-hmm. be familiar with. Vata mm-hmm. is composed of or similar to air and ether. And so if you have vata skin, if you have more vata constitution or are experiencing vata imbalance, the skin will be um, cool to the touch, dry and thin. It can be prone to wrinkles. It can be rough and flaky. And so vata skin will show signs of early aging. Um, Mm -hmm. And if the digestion is out of balance, the skin can even look dull or gray. And also like dry eczema disorders can come through when the skin is very vata because vata always brings that dryness through. Yeah. So I guess that that's a very important uh, uh, thing that you've brought up because a lot of people, a lot of it, like eczema and psoriasis is a condition which is spreading out like fire. I mean, every other person. It really is. Yes. So yeah. is, that, that's, that's the Vata dominance, which is more of activity, more of aggressiveness. We have more to of... determine, you know, there, we have to sometimes, uh, usually there's a Vata root to skin, uh, eczema, psoriasis, all these things. And sometimes there's a, a complication of Pitta dosha, of inflammation mm-hmm. that can come through as well. So actually, we have to know a bit more about what's going on. Uh, if for that individual person, but, you know, I think that this, you know, so many people having eczema, etc., is in part due from pollutions in the environment, mm-hmm. and also then combined with weak digestion. And in mm-hmm. fact, it may have a relationship to um, climate change as well, the temperatures all warming and everything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would just want to add on here, uh, uh, one of the ideology from the traditional Chinese medicine where there's mm-hmm. this, um, uh, you know, there, there's this uh, uh, pairing, organ pairing is what, yes. how, how they look at it. So, uh, and the manifestation of organ pairing on, on, on yes. your face showing up as imbalance. So um, uh, that, that dullness or that uh, mm-hmm. dryness on the face mm-hmm. is very also deeply related to your lungs. And the lungs are also associated with with, a lot of allergic reactions on the skin. Absolutely. And and, and, eczema and psoriasis. um, Yeah. So which means if you have a weak lung capacity or if your breathing is shallow, uh, over years, it might culminate into such conditions. Absolutely. And Ayurvedically, we often find a relationship between asthma and Mm -hmm. uh, psoriasis, eczema. like And skin. And skin. Yeah, Yeah, and skin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, and so then pitta dosha is like fire and a bit of water. And so mm-hmm. pitta dosha skin um, tendency towards rashes and rosacea, acne, liver spots, pigment disorders. Because there's a lot of fire in the constitution, the skin doesn't tolerate heat very well. You know, mm-hmm. it can be very photosensitive. Um, can accumulate a lot of sun damage, really needs to be careful for uh, melanoma. And Mm -hmm. pitta dosha, people pitta dosha skin should really avoid like tanning treatments and these types of things that will, um, that can damage the skin, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas vata skin gets aggravated by mental stress, pitta skin tends to get 
aggravated by emotional stress, anger, frustration, resentment, irritation, and then that will come out in acne and rashes and in, in, in kind of explosions. And how, how, how do we categorize mental stress? Is it overthinking or I mean, what, what comes under the category of mental thinking? Uh, mental uh, stress? Let's think of it as like anxiety, overthinking, difficulty falling asleep, the mind just won't stop, obsessions, okay, okay. things like that. Yeah. Okay, so mind in, in that overrush uh, mode all the time. Yes, that's exactly right. Whereas the pitta skin gets really aggravated by the emotional stress of the anger and the irritation and all of these things, yeah. Okay, nice. And how about the kapha skin? Mm -hmm. So kapha skin is like earth and water. And here, you know, kapha skin types, they develop wrinkles much slower and much less than vata pitta uh, mm -hmm. skin types like they're the people who you know you look at them they're 65 years old they don't really have any wrinkles but um, the kapha dosha types will tend to get uh, large pores you know like the mm -hmm. wide pores and it can be um, oily skin it can be moist types of eczema mm -hmm. blackheads uh, pimples that are very deep in the skin. And then kapha skin can be more prone to, to fungal infections. Like we won't see that on the face, but in other areas mm -hmm. of the body. Um, and that's because of that heavy, cold nature of kapha dosha. Okay. So uh, uh, like, you know, what, according to you, I mean, in terms of percentage, broadly in terms of percentage, if we have to see what is the role of foods to create further imbalances in these doshic types uh, from where all these skin concerns may start to happen? It's a really good question. So food is so essential, but it takes a long time for the body to process mm -hmm. uh, all the way through all the tissues. It takes like 40 days for the body mm -hmm. to process the nutrients. So then the, 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 it is more not, it's more the status of the digestion and the digestive fire. Someone can have extremely good digestive fire. Like mm -hmm. I live with someone like this and they can pretty much eat like anything. And because their digestive strength is so good and it's mm -hmm. so maintained that it never comes out on the skin. It never comes out in a health imbalance, right? Someone who has very weak digestion, they make a tiny mistake with their food and they're eating and suddenly they have, you know, then I see this over and over again in my practice where people, and it's very sad, they become convinced that their body is reacting to every type of food and they're down to just yeah. eating like sweet potato and rice or something like that. Like <laughs> right. very and some broth, right? And mm -hmm. it's not actually that they're allergic to all of these things or that they have reaction to all these things. It's that the digestion has become so weak. And once the digestion is, the fire of the digestion is balanced and increased, then suddenly they can eat all of these things that's, that they thought they had intolerance to, imbalance mm -hmm. to. And this is like a mistake that, of course, people are looking for health and healing, but they begin to just correlate. I ate an egg yesterday. Today I have acne. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah, too much of an obsession exactly like around that. that. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I mean, that, that, that's how, you know, um, uh, like if we look into Ayurveda, the specific, so th there's a specific way of cooking and looking at foods mm -hmm. in the Ayurveda terminology as mm -hmm. compared to how different modern fads or modern ways of understanding yes. have looked at food. So, uh, 
as per your practice and the kind of cases that you look into and specifically from the skin perspective what, what what's what's your take on understanding uh, the uh, from the you know understanding of foods perspective how is ayurveda much more reliant uh, way of eating and understanding foods as compared to all these fads that keep coming in yeah that's it's a really good question so i always you know someone will come to me and be like well i'm really interested in ayurveda but i don't know about all this cooking i don't want to cook and you know i i live here in california though i've lived in india mm-hmm. but you know for here people many people come and they go well i don't i don't want to cook indi i don't know how to cook indian food and we have to ayurvedic cooking is not a particular type of cuisine any yeah. food in the world can be ayurvedic and it has to do with a whole balanced diet that will have each of the six tastes mm-hmm. in certain percentages and proportions that will give certain information to the body so ayurveda is not a restrictive list of foods that you can eat and can't eat and good foods and bad foods and this is the main difference between mm-hmm. like all these fad diets and you know one week it's south beach and the next week it's mm-hmm. keto and the next week it's this and the next week it's that this is a holistic system of nutrition for the body that is that goes beyond any type of regional cuisine and goes beyond any type of fad diet or restriction so i think you you've uh, brought in my next question in in, in this explanation how are tastes associated with with uh, specific conditions on the skin uh, i mean uh, to make this question more precise like a lot of people have sweet tooth or or have salty inclination so and uh, you know there are extremes also into this like in macrobiotics how we see is that there are centering or balancing foods and there are extreme foods so in in those those two typical um, important tastes which is sweet and the salt there could be extremes like alcohol could be one kind of extreme sweet and uh, maybe eggs mm-hmm. could be one other kind of uh, extreme salt so uh, when these extremities hit is where it creates a lot of um, you know it, it's 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 not balancing for the body and that's where it mm-hmm. creates imbalances from the ayurveda perspective uh, and from the tastes perspective how how does ayurveda look at it like um, mm-hmm. is is there any science behind like if somebody has a sweet tooth the the, the skin mm-hmm. would behave in a certain way or somebody mm-hmm. has a salty tooth then yeah certainly cravings tell us a great deal about what's happening in the physiology And so mm-hmm. I won't have time to talk about all six tastes in detail but I will talk about a little bit about each and then uh sweet uh the main mm-hmm. cravings that we see are sweet uh salty and sometimes sour It can be yeah. like people who really want like pickles or maybe a tangy or a spicy uh, yeah, yeah 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 spicy we sometimes see not as much as a craving like some people love to mm-hmm. eat the chilies and the salsa and all this stuff mm-hmm. but it's a bit different than like a craving but india you'll so find six, a lot of people craving for spicy stuff i mean i, I guess it's it's, yeah. it's it's by by default inherited mm-hmm. in our taste buds mm-hmm. i mean for a lot of lot well of and also like um so that's a that's a whole interesting question about um about like particular cultures and their attractions mm-hmm. to particular tastes the environment the culture like it's it's mm-hmm. actually very fascinating and right. we can go there was actually an ayurvedic vaidya 
it's a bit essentializing, but there was an Ayurvedic Vaidya who went around to all these different countries and cultures, feeling pulses mm -hmm. to try to determine which cultures had the most amma, the most metabolic waste, and the okay. least amma, like the best digestive fire. Wow. And his, you know, it's not scientific, like peer-reviewed, but his findings were very interesting. So anyhow, in Ayurved, so what was the finding uh, like? Which 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 play which which yeah, place I don't people know I had a lot of fun. I don't want to offend okay. anyone. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay so let it be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he found that he felt like a German culture had the most ama. Yeah, like okay. and and he related it to emotional, um, like not emotional expression. But mm -hmm. also the diet, like heavy diet and pastries and mm -hmm. beer and so on. And then he found Italian culture to have least ama. And he, and okay. even though there's all these pastas and heavy creams and everything, and he mm -hmm. related it to the ability to express, express emotions. Like really okay. well. Nice. So I mean, that, that's interesting. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And actually yeah. like, so then, you know, like the pungent craving and taste that we'll find like in South Asia, he related to like, more kind of energy of kapha dosha in South Asia, you know, so okay. I don't know, it's <laughs> okay, but uh, I mean, th that's um, quite a diverse topic of research, I believe, because you know, um, the, the nature is behaving differently, and then genetics are also playing, environment mm. is playing, so there's a lot of yeah, things yeah. That, not that, that not that like all South Asian people are kapha dosha, just like a kind mm -hmm. of cultural attitude of like relaxation, you know, and so like I said, it's okay. very essentializing, yeah, right. but, it's but that's very interesting, interesting yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. So in Ayurveda, there are um, six tastes that we consider mm -hmm. sweet, salty, sour, pungent, spicy, astringent, mm -hmm. which is drying, and mm -hmm. bitter. And each of those tastes have a relationship to the Panchamahabuddhas, to the five great elements, and therefore to the doshas. So sweet taste. Uh, because it's comprised of earth and water and how these correlations are made are a bit mysterious, but we can know mm -hmm. that like if we take sweet taste, it's very comforting, very nurturing. After all, mm -hmm. usually the first food is the mother's milk, which is very, very sweet. So, mm -hmm. it, so it, it, it really embraces us like earth and water. And so in this way, it reduces vata, it reduces pitta. Usually when there's a strong craving for sweet taste, you know, like especially chocolates, pastries, these things, two things are happening. The body is trying to soothe vata dosha, trying to soothe the mind. Usually there's an imbalance in the nervous system and or the body is craving more energy. There's a depletion and the body is like, give me a sweet quick fix to pick me up so that I can keep overworking and pushing through. Yeah. Salty taste is made of fire and water, fire and a bit of water. We know this, if you take a teaspoon of salt and you put it in your mouth, my God, your mouth will burn. Yeah. We can't burn, take that yeah. much salt. Yeah, right. yeah. Also salt makes the body retain water. Yeah. If you eat yeah. a lot of salt. So we know that it's like has these properties of fire and water. Yeah. So in this way, salty taste increases pitta dosha, it reduces vata, it reduces kapha dosha. Usually, again, the craving for salt is about vata dosha. The mind wants to be 
uh, soothed. Also, the salty taste on the level of the psychology is about wanting like more zest in the life. Like there's not mm. a sense of like excitement, of newness, mm. of like things. So there's this, there's this desire for, for zest in life. Okay. And then the last one that I'll just talk about because it's very common is the mm -hmm. sour taste. And sour taste is made of, uh, let's see, what is sour taste made of? Uh, it's made of earth and fire, combination earth and fire. So it has this groundedness and also this heatingness. We know this, if we like eat sour, it has some fire to it. Mm -hmm. It reduces vata again. So all three of these things, salt, uh, salt, sour, and sweet, and also pungent, tame mm -hmm. vata dosha. Sour okay. taste will increase pitta, it will increase kapha. So sour taste cleans, cleanses the tissues and okay. it balances acidity actually. Okay. And usually with sour taste, it's that, um, you know, there's a, there's a desire for like um, a wider experience of life. Like um, there's, a, there's a sense psychologically of being closed in and we should remember what's very, very interesting. Most fast foods, especially in the West, but of course we can find them mm -hmm. in India. Yeah. What are the three main tastes that they give? Like at McDonald's, it's like mm -hmm. sweet, sour, and salty. Sweet, yeah. Exactly. Over and over again. So it's very interesting. Yeah. They're, they're in a very nutritionally incorrect way, taming mm -hmm. vata dosha and creating an addiction mm -hmm. for a quick fix Fast food, which is actually vata aggravating because it's fast, taming a vata dosha over and over and over again. So it's very, very clever. But not so, very uh, but uh, I think um, uh, that's very interesting because as I just told you, like in microbiotics, we look at the concept of extremities. So uh, yeah. this, this in a way is, is, is extremity, like, you know, uh, yes. one ex extreme of sweet, extreme of salt, yes. though in a way it is a balance, but it's, it's, it's an imbalance creating balance. Oh, it's not, it's not a balance because of course, Ayurvedically, we need all six tastes, right? And this is just giving those three tastes over yeah. and over yeah. and over again. But it's because everyone, almost everyone has a massive vata dosha imbalance. So mm -hmm. it's like the body is trying to regulate itself, but mm -hmm. in the incorrect way. Okay. So, uh, I mean, very deep rooted. It will take some time to digest, but yeah, very, very interesting. So, um, uh, Justin, uh, since we are short in time, I think I'll ask my important questions. Uh, you know, uh, uh, since we're talking of skin and beauty, I think it's very important to talk about female hormones, specifically mm -hmm. estrogen and progesterone. So if you just help us understand the role of these hormones and how one can work towards maintaining these. Mm -hmm. So are there any specifics within that that you're interested to hear about or um, tell Anything me that you think, uh, uh, so, um, okay. So, um, you know, estrogen, when we're talking about these, specifically mm -hmm. the, the, the uh, female hormones, in different mm -hmm. phases of life, these hormones start mm -hmm. to get up and down. I mean, in earlier mm -hmm. years, still they're balanced, but yeah. towards the later years, specifically mm -hmm. how the estrogen goes down and the progesterone mm -hmm. imbalance happens. So, mm -hmm. And that has a huge impact on skin, hair, body weight and everything. And mm -hmm. a lot of women specifically looking for, for, for these solutions end up having these uh, external treatments or 
looking mm-hmm. for these weight loss treatments which which may be mm-hmm. costing them in the long run like you know gymming if so it, it could be mindless gymming and i mean i am aware of such people who want to do anything and everything to lose that weight or to get their skin right mm-hmm. without focusing on these specific hormones so from that mm-hmm. perspective if, if you could answer that mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and we talked about this a lot in our podcast segment you know mm-hmm. ayurveda doesn't really talk about uh estrogen and progesterone they talk about the doshas and they talk about the doshas mm-hmm. through the life cycle so in this segment i'll talk about it the in this way mm-hmm. children are quite naturally they have more kapha dosha yeah mm-hmm. and kapha dosha is moist and heavy mm-hmm. and we know this children have to sleep all the time you know they're always taking naps they're also always like moist and their noses are yeah. running and they've got spit yeah. everywhere and they're just kind of like mm-hmm. the juiciness is everywhere yes yeah exactly yeah, it's just flowing the nature out, of yeah. kapha dosha it's very mm-hmm. unctuous and oozing right mm-hmm. and uh, kapha dosha in many ways is related to estrogen right mm-hmm. and so as we go through the life cycle as women as we reach into the later stages of life that kapha dosha begins to decline naturally and we know mm-hmm. in ayurveda we're told that we have three stages of life the kapha dosha in the childhood the pitta dosha in mm-hmm. the middle age and the vata dosha in the older age right mm-hmm. so that kapha dosha which is also related to estrogen starts to reduce and as it starts to reduce the imbalances start to show where they are and who they are Now if there is a lot of ama a lot of metabolic waste that a body is carrying as the person ages and when they hit the middle of the life cycle those imbalances are really going to um express themselves and then we will find weight gain we'll find hot flashes we'll find skin eruptions that weren't previously um there and so the best thing we can do is maintain our our healthy routines and our healthy lifestyle our ayurvedic routines throughout the entire life cycle and also it becomes very important that we are not hitting middle age carrying a great deal of metabolic waste or ama because at mm-hmm. that time when we hit middle age and the estrogen begins to go down then mm-hmm. the body is holding on to the weight in that way yeah okay and i guess it's also causing a lot of other symptoms specifically the perimenopausal symptoms and the menopausal symptoms so perimenopause can be from two sources or like hot flashes specifically mm-hmm. can have two sources and one body can have both one or just the other those are mm-hmm. ama metabolic waste and then the energy of the liver of ranjika pitta and basically okay. the energy of that ranjika pitta begins to express itself creating these explosions of heat throughout the body we also have to really watch elimination making sure that elimination is correct and perfect or else there's a blockage in apanavata the downward flow that then expresses itself mm-hmm. upward mixes with the liver heat and we have explosions of heat in that way yeah wow so i think now since we're talking of liver heat and we're also talking yeah. of the uh, the, the ama uh, uh, metabolic wastes i guess the the root or the center of these uh, uh, these wastes becomes the gut right i mean if if the gut is not functioning right 
ultimately it's it's going to impact your liver also it's going to impact your um, uh, the accumulation of metabolic wastes also so do you think working on the digestion is the key to gradually start working on reducing the symptoms that that the liver may be throwing or uh, so there's uh, two know? things digestive health health is absolutely imperative but the liver heat can be caused from other things as well that are not related to digestion uh, alcohol is incredibly heating to the liver we know this if someone mm -hmm. takes too much alcohol for then they have liver psoriasis right mm -hmm. um too much spiced garlic is very heating to the liver too much hing is very heating to the liver also too much irritation too much uh repressed emotion envy anger is very heating to the liver so yes mm -hmm. digestion absolutely imperative but when it comes to something like the hot flashes specifically perimenopause specifically we have to work on maximizing digestion while mm -hmm. at the same time cooling the energy of the liver of rantrika pitta oh nice so um, i mean that that's incredible information um, i mean i have so much to ask you but there is mm -hmm. one important question since you yeah. come from a very deep rooted understanding of ayurveda and this has been one question that i had always been looking for an answer mm. for uh, so there's a lot of buzz around uh, probiotics and good gut bacteria mm. yeah absolutely uh, is there this concept of fermentation in ayurveda that's my first question mm. yeah is it is it okay. there okay um so very specifically right um mm. ayurveda prefers living foods and so mm. ferments like the sauerkraut the kimchi not preferred because they are uh, you know held for so long and kind of lose their prana and vitality However, so you you've just we, picked on my question right i mean that was the next yeah. question that i was about to ask i mean that was exactly my question like how how, uh -huh. how does the good gut bacteria in ayurveda terminology get into our body because well, they consider sauerkraut so, as a sto um, um, stale uh, food let's remember food. quite naturally where can we get amazing probiotics from not the store bought but from fresh curd and mm -hmm. from fresh digestive lassi not you're like mango lassi with tons of sugar but actual properly made lassi mm -hmm. also like dosha fermented lentil uh that has uh you know like in south indian cuisine quite naturally so many probiotics so mm -hmm. we get the probiotics specifically from those sources that are very very fresh and okay. you know like lassi digestive lassi with cumin with a bit of salt is there used all the time and taken mm -hmm. traditionally at the lunchtime meal so that that idea of probiotics is there in ayurveda it's not taken from a pill i'm very mm -hmm. skeptical of the probiotic pills because you know they're refrigerated like in the store but i've talked mm -hmm. to people who work at the store and they sit outside for 20 days before they oh, go wow. into the refrigeration so most yeah. of the probiotics are dead by the time they get yeah. into your so very sensitive so, bacteria yes yeah exactly so if you can make fresh curd like that is the yogurt curd that is the number one way that we can take and then we take it with warm food we don't take it like just a bowl like in the west people will take like a bowl of yogurt with a bunch of fruit and that's very mm -hmm. slimy very thick yeah. very heavy but we take it like as lassi we take it with um you know with dal with rice etc like that okay nice i mean because this was one question that i had been looking for an answer for like yeah. 
you know because yeah. so much of us but in ayurveda i didn't come across this concept of fermented foods or specific foods yeah. which uh which are fermented but thank you so much for you know it's a little bit hard to tell because some things do have an overlay of cultural mm-hmm. um information like ayurveda mm-hmm. does not prefer mushrooms and actually we know from chinese medicine there is so much uh healing that we can get from yeah. various types Mushroom. of mushrooms lion's yes. tail etc cetera, etc cetera. and so yeah. i take a pretty expanded view that like everything mm-hmm. can become medicine and maybe that like dislike of mushrooms is a cultural mm-hmm. overlay or maybe something with ancient wisdom where people are like don't eat the mushrooms because some of them are poison mm-hmm. like that and so also similarly with uh like kimchi fermented food a little bit but it is giving a lot of sour taste to the body and so it can create a lot of fire you know but we okay. do have um fermented foods in terms of like pickles uh mm-hmm. in ayurvedic food you know that give yeah, back that that's also yeah. fermented yes. mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh yeah. the, do the oiled pickles also come under the category of fermented foods Mm, you know I I've, I've never made them myself so I'm not sure but I think that they I think that they do have some level of fermentation they have in them some digestive yeah. uh, properties yeah. they do have because it's yeah. very widely used in Indian well food. and the sour taste is going to increase digestive fire uh-huh okay yeah so i mean that makes more sense i guess mm-hmm. that could be one of the reasons why it's it's very widely used in our cultures absolutely so uh, uh justin i understand you don't have much of a time my last question to you would be um uh, if we have to summarize a diet for beauty as mm. per ayurveda considering mm. rather uh, as per ayurveda and yoga together considering mm. foods yogic practices herbs lifestyle all of it coming together what would what, what kind of a pattern a generic pattern would you recommend You know, I really do recommend that if someone is experiencing a specific imbalance, they should consult with a practitioner. There's a certain way that you can get on your own and then after that you it's it's yeah. useful to have a guide to point you in the right exactly. direction because it's so frequently that someone will come to me and it's the thing that they think is really healthy that they're mm-hmm. doing that I have to stop them from doing mm-hmm. because it's actually creating it. imbalance and this is where we get the mistake of the intellect the mistake of the ego that like <laughs> wants to control yeah. everything in that way right but <clears throat> fresh food seasonal food um is absolutely essential getting the most pure food that is possible for you to get you know like mm-hmm. if we can get organic food wonderful or clean food is very important and is getting more and more difficult to get in this world so that's number 1 uh herbs can be important in specific imbalances but getting your spices correct is really really mm-hmm. important if you are experiencing a lot of hot flashes for example you should not be taking very heating spices and herbs garlic should not be you should not be taking a lot of garlic you should not be taking a lot of chilies you should not be taking a lot of hing etc right you need to be taking more cooling spices like fennel mm-hmm. um So spices are I used to think that spices were just like they didn't feel very exotic to me you know because like mm-hmm. herbs is like oh these yeah. are not just ayurvedic herbs but western herbs also it's like oh I'm yeah. taking these herbs but actually spices have a bigger impact on the physiology than herbs do and in my Those practice energetic started, uh, energetic properties yeah I started to get people on the right spice mixture the right churna 
And I would mm -hmm. see just miracles happen in the body just yeah, from changing amazing. the spices. Yeah. Not even herbs. Right. So now oh, I just nice. really place a lot of uh, emphasis on spices and spices won't have interactions with medications. We don't have to worry very much. Whereas mm -hmm. herbs, the quality and purity of the herbs is sometimes questionable. So mm -hmm. get the right spice profile and then yoga practice. You know, we have so many different, um, practices available to us. So finding really, I think with the yoga practice is really finding a teacher that you can connect to. I, you know, like now we have all these YouTube videos and all of this stuff, but really mm -hmm. that personal connection, uh, even if it's virtual yeah. with a teacher who knows you and can guide you. That is what the yoga system exactly. has built I on that. for 5,000 years. And now we're doing mm -hmm. it by any means necessary, which is wonderful mm -hmm. and also good. But how much can we really evolve? You know, it's like too much resting on the individual self. And we have to yeah. expand and go beyond our little ego selves and be in relation with another so that we can evolve, I think. Exactly. Yeah, that's nice and that's so beautiful um, uh, Justine I mean thank you so much for creating so much of an awareness and uh, I'll we'll be online for another five minutes if anybody has any questions in the meantime I would really also want to uh, let the listeners know that uh, we shot a podcast in the morning today uh, mm -hmm. which was specifically on female health and understanding female health from the ancient perspective and Justine just you know kind of uh, gave us amazing knowledge on that uh, podcast it's available on my podcast, Yovna the Ageless, and the link is available on my uh, 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 bio link in on Instagram. So if anybody's interested, can just go there and uh, check out the podcast. Uh, though I'll, I'll post it also, but um, okay, so I don't think we have any questions. Justine, anything Thank that you, you would Melissa. want to- Thank you, Melissa. I'm glad my friend Melissa is here. Wow, that's so that's nice. nice. And it, it was an amazing session. And anything else that you would want to um, add on before we wind up the session, Justine? Just thank you so much for inside. inviting me. It was just lovely to connect with you. And I hope yeah, we'll connect you, again. You. Yeah. Yes. And sure. if anyone has any questions, you can, um, you can post them to me. I'll try and get back to you. Or, yeah, maybe um, Justin, you can just let them know your uh, website or wherever you're available. Yeah. So you can, on Instagram, it's Justine Lemos PhD. You can contact me there. And then website is justinelemos.com. It's J-U-S-T-I-N-E. L-E-M-O-S, so you can find me there. Then also the, you know, I don't get anything from it, but so I kind of don't like to advertise them. But at the same time, on Gaia TV, and I think the membership is very low, and I think actually you can get through Amazon Prime, you can get the shows for free. There's our show, Thrive Self-Healing with Ayurveda, and it's a 12-part documentary that we shot and filmed. And if you watch the entire thing, uh, you'll have a wonderful, strong basis in Ayurvedic knowledge. So it's a, it's a really wow. great. Thank I you so much for like, for like I shouldn't say that I don't like to advertise them. No, no, but I've I've seen the like... channel and it's 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 amazing. I mean, I was just you know before having conversation with you, I was just looking at the uh, Gaia TV, what it is all about, and what kind of content does it have, and it it it, it seems like really promising kind of a content, specifically in yoga and Ayurveda. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what so foods would recommend for inflammation of nose and throat? Well, really, we have to, we have to know more information. Like I, I hate to say this all the time, but we really need to know more information. How long has the nose and throat been inflamed? Is it a chronic condition? Is it something that's just been there for three days? Something like that, right? 
if there's a lot of, and what do we mean by inflammation? Is it actually inflammation or is it just dryness? Is it actually a mucus? Like, so what do we mean by inflammation of nose and throat is the first question. If it's actually heat inflammation, then soothing things, cooling things, cilantro, uh, these types of things, uh, will will reduce that inflammation. So we 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 just need to know more information on these like specific case by case uh, questions. Yeah, and that's the beauty of Ayurveda. Yeah, one person has acne and it is a manifestation of one imbalance. Another person has the acne. It's completely different. Western <clears throat> medicine just says, oh, they both have acne. Let's throw this mm. topical cream on the same thing. And it's not actually having the same root. So we, we just need to know more. I understand what is very, very coming from. Yeah, because, you know, getting so much deep into Ayurveda, it's really difficult to give generic um, suggestions. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's why now um, I, when I offer group programs, I often uh, offer like one-on-one -on -one sessions along with those group programs because we always need that individual guidance. So chronic mucus from childhood, yeah? So... Uh, likely, though we don't know, we need to know a lot more information, the likely, you know, probably a kapha dosha imbalance, it probably has uh, an element of vata dosha, of udana vata, that's there between, uh, you know, the energy of the throat, the energy of the nose, you know, like with this, if it's chronic from childhood, that's where I start to look at the Jyotish chart and try to see the karmic blueprints of like what's happening in the planetary cycles to cause this chronic mucus. And is there yeah. a remedy on the level of mantra? Is there a re remedy on the level of yankya, a fire ceremony of sadhana that needs to be done in addition to food and dietary recommendations, that like whole profile that is there. Um, so if it's mucus, it's not necessarily inflammation, right? It's like clogged mucus. And so we have to look at, are there foods that would aggravate that mucus? Is there a lot of dairy? Are we taking a lot of paneer? Are we taking a lot of milk? Is the milk spiced? Is it boiled? Like what, what is happening to create that chronic mucus? And why is it going into the nose and throat? Great. Great. Thank you so much, Justin. Uh, yeah. I guess. Uh, okay. So we don't have any other question. And I think we'll wind up the session since you mentioned it's, uh, you know, um, thank you so much for being there, Justin. And I think we'll be in touch. Uh, thank you for your podcast, podcast also in the morning and for this amazing session today. And Hi. be connected. Yeah. Thank much you love. So much. Take care. Bye, thank everyone. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.